We talk about the 2019 Ryan Johnson, Who Done It, Knives Out. We're going to talk about one minute of screen time at a time. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, we're talking about Minute 61, and Minute 61 begins with Benoit Blanc seeing that the game board being flipped over does not make much noise and ends with Captain America calling James Bond CSI KFC. Well, someone who I am not going to call Bond, Captain America, or KFC, but I am going to call her someone who knows her way around a podcast and certainly around Spinal Tap Minute, which she was the host of. It is my guest for this week and talking about Knives Out this entire week. It is Ms. Heidi Bennett. How are you, Heidi? Hey. <laughs> Wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. You can call me Sully. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy to join you on these minutes. I couldn't resist stretching your intro out. That's it. Forgive me. Forgive me. So we are now talking about Knives Out. But hey, quick question. Did you see this in the theater or did you see this streaming or are you watching it for the first time a minute at a time on this podcast? I'm right now. I'm just catching up right now. I see. Okay. So James Bond. Plot, no, I did see this in the theater. Uh, mm-hmm. I love um, Ryan Johnson. We can talk about that later, but uh, I loved the cast. I love the idea. So I was all in, see it on the big screen and soaked it in and, and really enjoyed it. There you go. So let's just get right into it because this minute that we're looking at here uh, just catches the tail end of Benoit and uh, Marta in the room where Harlan was uh, found dead and where he died. And I love this detail when he flips over the game board. And apparently that game board is called, the game is called Go. I have no clue how it is played. I've watched this film several times. I don't understand how it's played. He flips the board over and kind of looks at it. And Marta kind of like does a little squirm as she's by the door. And I love that detail because it barely made any noise. It was a muffled thump. not And the noise that everyone heard was a loud thump that you could hear from, you know, all around the house. And the board being flipped over was just a thump. And so it's a great detail that, um, you know, Benoit doesn't even say. That doesn't sound loud enough. It was sort of like, no, we all saw. There's a level of BS to your story right now. Right. Yeah, I love that. It's just a little bit of... um... I was going to say 
eyebrow response, but yeah, he's just a little eyebrow acting there <laughs> right behind the glasses and observing. And she's, like you said, squirming. And I almost got distracted just because there's, there's this film, there's so much going on with the, the set decoration and the color schemes and the depth of each room. Like you never, I don't know what the technical term is this, but it seems like everything's in focus at all time. Like there's just so much to take in. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about in some of the earlier minutes that I was a guest host on, I said that the set decoration in this film is practically a character. Yeah, for sure. That And that the there are things on the wall, there are so many faces and eyes and things on the wall that seem to be kind of looking and peering. There are lots of skulls, there's lots of eyes, there's lots of animals. And there's just a, this this room itself is so confined and and basically borderline claustrophobic and there's so much stuff shoved in there but i love that you know, as i said he put he flips the board on and anna de armas plays marta am i pronouncing her name correctly i'll never I believe so yeah all right cool great she's really great at portraying the i'm you know we obviously know she can't um or Maybe this is a spoiler, and you know, and for those of you who haven't seen the film, forgive me. But she has she has a uh, physical problem when she tells the fib, and at, you can just sort of see that she is having a hard time knowing, like, oh, yeah, I I can't really, I'm not going to be in a position to outsmart you because you're you're poking holes in everything right now, so. Yeah, I feel like this is a, a great film for these movies by minutes type podcasts, but also just for multiple watching. It's like when I think about the usual suspects, mm -hmm. you know, it's so enjoyable to get all the reveals and the excitement at the end of that film. But then on the rewatch, I feel like there's just diminishing returns where, you know, you just kind of feel, or at least I felt sort of deflated, like, okay, well, I already know this. I already know that. I already, okay, I get it. <laughs> and it's just not, not as much fun. But whereas I feel like this film I could rewatch over and over and because of so many details and set design and so much fun that the actors are having here with their physical movements, even like after his eyebrow raising, just his little flips around the room like that he does just seem playful I just and then as we move on and get Captain America showing up and recognizing oh okay so the dogs aren't so into him yeah. <laughs> like you just get all these details that just seem like oh I'm just gonna enjoy you know watching this every couple of years just after I've kind of forgotten the details kind of like I like to do that with um you know uh What's his name? Um, Chris Nolan movies, too, I feel right. like. Oh, you can, I'm going to forget this after a little bit and then come back and, and rich, be richly rewarded with all this goodness. I think you, you, you hit a couple of things there. Um, I'm going to unpack them all because that's what my job is here is to unpack everything that you say. <laughs> but the, the, there's one thing that you say playful. I feel that everybody's having a blast making this film. I think that Daniel Craig is having the time of his life. I think that Chris Evans, I think everyone in this film is, seems like they're just 
loving it. Not that they're not taking it seriously. This is not the cannonball run where it's clearly it's just a bunch of stars effing around and they happen to f- be filming it. Mm-hmm. But they love that they're playing stuff that they wouldn't normally be playing and having and you know picking that up, taking it under their arm and running with it. Uh, I think this film is like a nice hot cup of cocoa on a cold day. It's just sort of, it's warm, it's comforting, you know what you're getting, it's not going to be super heavy and challenging you, but it's like a fun, it's like a perfectly told joke in so many ways. But uh, the film that I think of, there is a, I think that's one reason why this film was such a success at the box office, was I do think it has a rewatchability part to it. People like to see when the when the Rubik's Cube is solved to see, okay, did it, did it really all fit together and watch it with the perspective of now you know what happened. It's kind of why The Sixth Sense, another film with Tony Collette, uh, I think everyone saw that film nine or ten times. I'm not going to spoil the ending of this film, of The Sixth Sense, because uh, <laughs> it's only a 20, was it, 22-year-old film, and uh, <laughs> um, you know it's not Friday. But, uh, the, uh, but I think that this film, it's odd because it's not the same genre uh, as this film I'm going to bring up, but The Sting with Robert Redford and Paul Newman mm-hmm. is one of my, it's a film I've rewatched so many times. And one of the reasons why I enjoy rewatching it is that there are things in like minute five that pay off in minute 90. Like they're tiny details that you're, oh, when he says that, he's referring to this little throwaway line at the beginning. And it's like seeing the construction of it is so wonderful. And I, I, the same thing with Back to the Future, which is, I think, another perfectly constructed and rewatchable movie. And I'm finding that Knives Out has that quality, that they're, oh, that little line that you know Frank Oz says in this scene or that Don Johnson says there pays off an hour and a half later. And and seeing that and seeing that the seeds are sort of so carefully and lovingly planted uh, is really is really nice. But one other quick thing I wanted to say about the the board flipping over mm-hmm. and the fact that he doesn't say anything, she doesn't say anything. One of the reasons why I love that moment is that it shows that Ryan Johnson is respecting the audience. He's not treating the audience like they're dumbbells. Mm-hmm. That they can see that and they know the significance of that without even saying it, without even going, dun, dun, dun. He doesn't, right. doesn't sound loud enough to be a stand waking up Linda from her slumber. Like, no, it's just like, hmm, that doesn't quite fit, does it? And like, and no, and, and it, you trust the, you're trusting the audience. And, they, I, I'm one of the things I've been, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm filibustering here, but one of the things <laughs> I've enjoyed doing a Knives Out minute is kind of solving why did this film? I like the film; it's a quality film, but lots of quality films don't find their audience. Why did this film of all films swim upstream like a salmon and find its GD audience? And I think it's because of things like Grown Ups are like, hey, here's a film that for me. Even though it has Captain America and James Bond, they're not playing Captain America and James Bond. And that you're not going to treat me like an idiot. Yes. And without having recently looked at the trailer, 
My, mm-hmm. if memory serves, the trailer looked like it was a dang fun film. And sometimes you just want to go out and be entertained and, and not have to like, yeah, there's opportunities to spend time going, trying to figure out the mystery, but you can also just go in and have a good time, you know, and just have, have fun. And I think, yeah. And then for people who are big Michael Shannon fans, people who are huge Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield fans, Jamie Lee Curtis fans, like you're, that's the other thing about these ensemble casts, right? I mean, that, that it gets uh, a wider audience of people excited about it. And so that's just, you know, that's good, good marketing. It's just, hey, let's have a fun looking trailer <laughs> with people playing, yeah, characters that like, okay, so for those of you who loved Tony Collette in Hereditary, let's see her play, you know, more of a, you know, California goop, you know, um, wellness professional. <laughs> like, that's going to be fun. Yeah, wellness professional. But, like, I, I had her, the moments, uh, I hosted Minute 21, where it's revealed that she was basically embezzling from right. her- from Harlan and it sort of showed that yes she's this hippy dippy crunchy uh, you know goop I got you bring up goop you know <laughs> uh, free thinker but she's really just another money sucking parasite like the whole family that they when it all boils down to it she's no better oh yeah uh, I mean that's what's so f- hilarious about everybody being introduced yeah is is how we're introduced and this is no spoiler because this is previous minutes but how we're introduced to all these characters and each one of them just instantly starts rolling their eyes about everyone being a uh self-made just like grandpa you know or just like dad right so so that's yeah that's a that's a really um I'm going to say fun like 500 times, but yeah, that's a, a, that's a delicious introduction to each character through um, Benoit Blanc uh, sort of teasing out each one with his questions or his statements about the, the self-made family. And, and I think Jamie Lee Curtis is especially good at going like, Oh um, yeah, sure. You know, like, (laughs) but I am, you know, I built my real estate business, you know, from the ground up and I'm worthy, but nobody else is, is, you know, definitely implied. (laughs) What I love about this entrance of Chris Evans is he pulls up in the, I don't know, I know nothing about cars, but it's a nice car, but it's not a modern car. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a classic car. He's there. Apparently, there was an instruction to the costume designer to give uh, Chris Evans expensive-looking clothes that he's not taking care of. Right. And but that when I talk about that, the actors are having fun doing things that they don't normally do. I mean, just think about what Chris Evans just spent. Like, I mean, was it nine movies playing Captain America, and that most people associate him with? playing that part and probably can't separate him from that part in their head and that he just says i'm gonna do the complete opposite of captain america in terms of 
integrity, in terms of heroism. I'm just going to play the, and this is, it's, it's apt that I bring this name up because he's big again because of Cobra Kai. I'm going to basically play the William Zabka part, the rich <laughs> jerk, and play it with sarcasm and smugness and no discernibly, you know, positive qualities. And it, it shows a side to him that you would never have known was there, but he's playing something just so the opposite of that. Uh, and you also, with uh, you know, with that in mind, you see, um, uh, I keep for uh, Lakeith Stanfield, mm-hmm. who I mainly knew from Get Out. Right. Um, he's also in Atlanta. He was in Selma, and to just sort of see him playing the the weather beaten cop that you know the Jerry Orbach part essentially. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, you know, he probably wouldn't be asked to play that part. So it was. Act, I I've found out over the years that actors like playing things that you're not expecting them to play. I directed a, a, a an indie feature, and Patrick Warburton, who's best known for playing Putty mm-hmm. on Seinfeld and Rules of Engagement, The Tick, and we cast him in the film. And in the film, he plays a brilliant scientist. He's like the smartest person in the movie. And he said one of the reasons he liked doing the movie was that he always gets, you know, offered these, you know, big, dumb, lovable lugs. Right. And we're like, no, we want you to play someone smart. And he loved playing the scientist. He loved being the smart scientist. And and, and people loved watching him do it because, like, oh, I didn't see him doing something like that before. So actors like to do stuff off the beaten path. And uh, Chris Evans here coming in just being like, a jer- entitled jerk walking past the cops, not Karen. And, uh, and then of course he, he makes a beeline into the house and grabs food. Like before even that, he already has food in his hand. Before. <laughs> he's got those Belgian wafers. So yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. Naturalistic, breezy, confident, a-hole. Love entitled, it. Entitled. Love know. it all. Yeah. Now, of course, we're not talking spoilers today, but uh, Minute 61 has two gigantic clues. <laughs> like, almost, like when you rewatch it, there's almost a neon sign pointed to these two moments that when you first saw it were just toss-away lines. And that's my favorite kind of reason to rewatch a film. And, uh, and of course, at the end, he's uh, um, Benoit comes up to uh, Ransom, or is it Hugh? And he has the line, CSI KFC. <laughs> I love it. I love when a minute just, you know, plops down on a great little, a very improv sounding. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know what it also does? Because I, I mentioned this in the previous minute I did when they made the when Lakeith Stanfield said, it looks like he's living in a giant clue board Mm -hmm. and he makes the, the makes fun of his accent. It takes the air out of the balloon in terms of, you know, like it's a little wink to the audience. Like, yeah, we know his accents bananas. (laughs) We, we, we hear it too. And, um, and it's like, yeah, we know this is like clue. We get it. We got it. But have fun with it. In fact, we're even going to poke at it. And, there's an element of this film that kind of reminds me of the film Scream, which was a, you know, a horror film from the 90s. 
that was self-referential, that, mm-hmm. that was, was scary and thrilling, but it also knew it was a horror film. And this is a, a whodunit that isn't a parody like Clue or Murder by Death. It is a, and I'll, we'll get into our thoughts on murder mysteries in general in the next minute, but uh, this is, it, it, it sort of takes a little bit of uh, wind, wind, a little bit of air out of the balloon as if to say, you know, we, we understand. Just have fun with it. Have fun with this accent. We'll have fun with the accent. And it ha- that line got a huge laugh when I saw it in Sacramento. <laughs> he saw it in Sacramento. I lived there for 20-ish years. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. yeah I, I broke down in one of my previous minutes of the circumstances. I was doing a weekend thing at, uh, at Sacramento State that weekend, and a friend of mine and I went to go see Knives Out, and that was the last movie I saw in the theaters. I'm just going to – one last thing I want to talk about in this minute is sure. that I'm sure that someone else has brought this up. I can't even remember if I brought this up or not, but uh, Daniel Craig's uh, accent is loosely based upon Shelby Foote, the mm-hmm. – uh, famous author and historian who I believe was from Mississippi. And uh, uh, there have been, you, you can't not think of Foghorn Leghorn when you hear it. And, oh, yeah. And the more <laughs> I hear his voice, and I've now seen the film beginning to end three times, at first I was like, what the heck is he doing? And now I'm like, I love what he's doing. I love it. And I think I'm going to make two weird comparisons. So bear with me. I do that. The first element kind of reminds me a little bit of when I first saw Johnny Depp as Captain Sparrow in the, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies Mm -hmm. that when I first was watching, what the heck is he doing? And of course, by the end, you're going, I love it. He's just, it's a movie star having fun. God forbid. But of course, Foghorn Leghorn is, you can't not think of him when you hear that voice. And um, I'm going to bring this up because please, please, everyone look this up and maybe I'll post it on uh, uh, at Knives, at, maybe they'll link it at Knives Out Minute on Twitter. But uh, I will argue the funniest clip I've ever seen in my life of anything involves Foghorn Leghorn. I'm a huge Looney Tunes fan. As you know, I'm an, I'm an intellectual. Mm-hmm. And there's a, and I've shown this to my, my sons. I have, I have twin sons who are teenagers. And I've shown them this scene recently. And it's Foghorn Leghorn walking, singing this song, saying, that old hound dog ain't got no sense, oh, doggie, you're gonna get your lumps. And along the way, he just sort of casually picks up a piece of wood, like from a plank, from a uh, uh, picket fence. Oh, doggie, you're gonna get your bumps. And then he walks over, and there's a dog in a doghouse with his butt sticking out. He grabs the dog's tail, lifts his butt up, whacks it about 20 times, and runs off. And I swear to God, I've seen that clip a thousand times. And every time I see it, I laugh like it's the first time I ever saw it. And 
a lot of times when I hear Daniel Craig acting, somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm singing, oh, doggie, you're going to get your lumps. <laughs> and I start chuckling, and people say, why are you chuckling? And I said, it'll take too long to explain. <laughs> well, now that is in me. I look forward to having that be part of my further relationship with Daniel Craig. Thank you so much. Oh, dear. Okay, well, we're at the end of this minute here, and we've got four more of these to go. I'm trying to keep each episode shorter than the actual running time of the movie. So uh, is there anything else you want to pick up on this uh, minute, or should we just cannonball into the next one? Let's cannonball run right into the next one. Oh, man, you make that. Okay, well, hey, look at uh, Thanks so much for being part of the show. Hey, Heidi, uh, where can people find your stuff and what would they be finding? Well, my current podcast is called Vibrant Visionaries. You can find that at vibrantvisionaries.com. That's conversations between me and I am... Um, a coach for creative professionals. And I love having creative professionals like filmmakers, musicians, podcasters, cartoonists and such on to just to talk about their creative lives. So if you like casual conversations that like this with funny, interesting, creative folks talking about creative process and all that jazz, check out vibrantvisionaries.com. All right. Fantastic. Well, I'm as always the podcast Lockdown MLB is still going on even though the baseball season is probably over when you're hearing this and check out my previous movie minute podcast which is Bull Durham Minute and please follow Knives Out Minute at Knives Out Minute on Twitter what will happen when Ransom walks past the police officers including Trooper Wagner who seems to be upset by a lot of things. Well, we'll find that out on the next episode of Nine Out.